0: High Praise Podcast. Hey, everybody. this is Pastor Joshua, Lead Pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Grab your Bible, go to Luke chapter two, Luke chapter two. I'm going be excited for the word, Amen. Uh, It's Christmas, as we all know, and we've been uh, started this series last uh, last week on the heart of Christmas. Uh, I love the Christmas season. I love everything that goes on. It means family. It means food. It means presents. It means all of these things. Uh, Obviously, most of all, it means Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Uh, And Christmas is really a time intended to bring joy into your life. Christmas is a time of joy. and the reality is one reason that it is a time of joy is because Jesus came to give us a joy that never fades away. We sang it this morning, it's a joy I have that will never fade away. Your joy is not intended to fade seasonally, but your joy is intended to be consistent and it is intended to be year-round and it's intended to be every year. Can somebody say amen? You're intended to walk in joy. How many you remember maybe whenever you were a little bit younger and you remember Christmas Eve and you were trying to go to sleep and then you remember, y'all know the trying part because whenever it's Christmas Eve and you're a kid, that's the hardest night of the year to sleep. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That is the hardest night of the year to sleep because you know in the morning you're gonna wake up and there's gonna be something underneath the tree for you. And then how many of you remember maybe waking up and going out of your bedroom and going into the living room or wherever your family's Christmas tree was and seeing that tree filled with presents. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that feeling of joy that just kind of washed over your entire being when you saw those gifts and you knew that there were some gifts underneath that tree for you? We even have this saying of someone being like a kid on Christmas when they express excitement over something, right? They're as happy as a kid on Christmas. right? They're they're as excited as a kid on Christmas Eve. You know, there's something just about Christmas that we immediately correlate with joy, and that is a good thing. And, uh, you know, whenever you got up on Christmas morning and you saw those presents under the tree, most of them started in wrapping paper. And it's a beautiful sight. I, I literally, one of my favorite sights of my entire year is after the kids have gone to sleep and Miranda and I have gotten, and we put in all the presents underneath the tree, and it's like, you know, one o'clock in the morning, because my kids don't want to go to sleep on Christmas Eve. And I know that even though they sleep in most of the time, that very shortly after one o'clock, by the time I get to sleep, they're gonna be waking me up. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I, my mom said, good, that's payback. <laughs> Some days you can't get your kids to wake up. Christmas morning's a whole different ball game. So, but one of my favorite sights is that tree with the lights off in in the living room and the the lights from the tree illuminating the room and all the presents underneath the tree. But I would be really offended and I'd be really upset if on Christmas morning my kids walked in the room and they said, those presents are just so beautiful, we don't want to touch them. That wrapping paper is real nice. And I want you to keep that wrapping paper wrapped around those presents because they're just so beautiful and so incredible. And I'm like, I spent money, a lot more money on what's inside that gift than what it's wrapped in. And I'd be a little bit offended. I mean, parents, would y'all be a little bit hurt, maybe a little bit frustrated if your kids didn't want to open their presents on Christmas Day? I'd be a little bit frustrated. Like, There's a phone underneath that tree. Son, you're not getting a phone this year, so don't think that's what that means. You got one last year. Right? I spent some money on the things underneath that tree. You're going to open them up. But I oftentimes wonder how often the Father sits in heaven and goes, I have prepared a bounty of gifts for you. And they're all underneath the proverbial tree. And we go, I don't really want to open those up. It's not really for me. It's got your name on it. And can I let you know, one of the gifts that God has for you in this season is the gift of joy. And all you've got to do is open the gift up and begin to receive what Jesus brought and what he made way for in your life. You are intended to live in joy. As beautiful as Christmas is, there's more than just the beauty of Christmas. There's something in the season for you to receive that we're celebrating. It's a beautiful season with beautiful songs, beautiful imagery. How many of you guys in your neighborhood have some Christmas lights up in your neighborhood? My kids, I, I have... I have in my yard, we have a, a snowman and we have a, a, uh, uh, a penguin and we have a baby Yoda. <laughs> and every time we leave our house from the back seat, Joy yells, bye snowman, bye penguin, bye baby Yona. Yona, that's she calls him. We've got people in our neighborhood that have gone all out, and that's all wonderful, and there's beautiful imagery at Christmas, but it's so much more than that. That's just the wrapping of what's really at the heart of this thing. What's really at the heart of this thing is like Dad was saying last week of who Jesus is, that he is our miracle worker. You know, Christmas is a season of miracles. Christmas is a time where we commemorate God still does miracles. The virgin birth is miraculous. A bunch of wise men following a star... And bringing gifts to Jesus is a miracle. Everything about the entire story is miraculous, but it's also joy. And we're going to talk about that today. Luke chapter 2, uh, verse 8. I want you to read this. We're going to read this today, reading out of the New King James. It says this Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly Afraid? Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of what? Great joy, which will be to who? Who? All people. For there is born to you in this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in the manger. And suddenly was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now this is really kind of one of the iconic Christmas scriptures in Luke 2 here. And the first proclamation that we see being made about the birth of Jesus, the first proclamation about Christmas is this, joy. It's the first thing that the angels say is that we come to bring you good tidings of great joy. Do you know that Jesus came to give you joy? I'm say it again. Jesus came to give you joy. Jesus didn't come to make you depressed. Jesus didn't come to make you walk around in heaviness. Jesus didn't come to make you weary. Jesus didn't come to give you a burden to carry. Jesus came so that you can have joy. Far too many Christians, I talked about this a little bit at Thanksgiving, but far too many Christians make the Christian life a drudgery. Right? There are a lot of Christians that, that you can get around, and they're, they're people, they just they don't know how to have fun. I'm not talking about anything immoral. It, how terrible is it even whenever I say that statement? That there there's a lot of believers that don't know how to have fun. We immediately in our minds have to counteract that with like, I'm not talking about doing anything wrong because wrong things aren't fun. Sin isn't fun. It may be fun to your flesh for a season, but the, 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 the end of that road is death and destruction. Listen, Christians, if, how, many, how many Christians we have in the house today? How many believers of Jesus we have in the house today? You should be the most joyful people on the face of the planet. You shouldn't walk around sad. And What, what do you have to be sad about? Even if you're going through a struggle right now, even if you're going through some hardship right now, even if things aren't going the way that you thought they were going or you intended for them to go, what do you have to be sad about? Because you have a promise of something greater on the other side. You have a promise that he would turn your mourning into dancing and your sorrow into joy. He didn't come to make you the Grinch. I'm going to get on a minor soapbox for just a moment. It amazes me at, at Christmas time how many believers, like, refute almost everything about Christmas. They get, they, they get more mad about Christmas than they do any other time of the year. They get more frustrated about the, the commercialism and all, and da-da-da, and this and that and the other. And listen, I'm not saying that none of that exists. It, does, it doesn't exist. It does exist. It absolutely does. But you know what else? Christmas is the only time of year you can go in Walmart and hear them singing about Jesus. Christmas is the only time of year you're going to go in Target and you're going to hear them singing about Jesus. Christmas is about the only time of the year you can listen to secular artists sing songs about Jesus. Is it perfect? No, but I see some hope and some glimmer in that. And it gives some joy inside of me because people don't even know it all the time. But even during the Christmas season, they're hearing about Jesus more than they hear about him even at Easter. More than they hear about him any other time of year is at Christmas. Why in the world would I want to be a Grinch when Christmas is about Jesus? Whenever people are singing songs, you can go to Disney World, and they're having praise and worship services at Disney World. Y'all think I'm playing? Every year at Disney, every year, Epcot, Festival of the Holidays. You can walk in, and there's a group there, and they've got like four or five sets they do. And they sing Christmas songs, but they don't start with a Christmas song. Every year, they start in the middle of Epcot. In the middle of Disney World. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Every year. We worship you. They sing it in Epcot. People stand, clap, lift their hands. When other time? Listen, you can get mad about Santa and you can get mad about trees. And Listen, we don't worship trees. Today we had trees worshiping. I've got about 17 Christmas trees in my house because of my wife. And I've never once bowed down and worshiped a tree. I've never once woken up and went, you know what? I've got to pay my alms to the tree of Christmas this morning. But you know what does happen in this season? People start hearing about Jesus from unusual places. How can we not have joy whenever it's the Christmas season? Because Jesus is at the center of it all. And even when they try to take him out, he still finds a way to get in the middle of it. Even even the mythos of Santa Claus are based around St. Nicholas. And even whenever I give gifts to my children... Whenever I give gifts to my children, my, my point of view on it is that it is a celebration and a commemoration of how the Father gave gifts to us. And it may be, a, it may be a, 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 a pop figure for Josiah, or it might be a video game, or it might be a Barbie doll, or whatever it is that's for my kids that may seem inconsequential. Not a Barbie doll for Josiah, just to be clear. That's the girls. Whatever I'm giving them, to me, I'm rehearsing and remembering that over 2,000 years ago, the Father gave a gift to his children to buy us back and redeem us back, to bless us with something incredible. We have far too many Grinches at Christmas. Don't be a Christian Grinch this Christmas. Let your heart grow. Don't be a Christian Grinch. Celebrate. It's supposed to be that way. We should be more full of joy than anyone else in the world. Because, get this, apart from Jesus, there is no joy. And inside of his presence, there is only joy. I'm going to say that again. Apart from Jesus, there is no joy. And inside of his presence, there is only joy. Listen, I'm saved, so I don't have to act like I'm depressed all the time. I can have joy. The word joy here is actually, it's the the Greek word chara, and it literally means a cheerful, calm delight. Joy causes you to have a calm delight. In other words, you're not rocked by everything going on in the world. No matter what's going on, you stay calm because you've got joy. No matter what's going on, you can take delight in what God is doing because you've got joy. No matter what's going done to you or what people are saying to you or what's been said about you, you can have a calm delight and you can live in joy. Because when you have the joy of the Lord, there's a calmness and a delight in your spirit that transcends what's naturally going on. You put it this way. When you live in joy, you don't have to ride on the emotional roller coaster of up one, down and up one day and down the next. You can live consistently. We talk about this with thanksgiving. I believe a life of thanksgiving, a life of joy, a life of the joy of the Lord will be a life of consistency. Listen, you can be consistent. Your spouse doesn't have to wake up and wonder which one of version of you they're going to get today, Jekyll or Hyde. You can be consistent in your life. Can somebody say amen? Y'all got them real quiet in here. You can be consistent. Y'all are just being real quiet because you don't want to think your spouse, your spouse to think you're amening about them. Amen. (laughs) So what happens? The angels show up and they tell the shepherds, they say, don't be afraid. we bring you good tidings of great joy. You know that one of the reasons the angels told the shepherds to fear not is because what they were looking at could be frightening on, on several levels. First of all, consistently, angels are always telling people, fear not. Every time they show up. I've, I've heard people say, I saw an angel, and it was just the most beautiful thing. And I'm like, y'all didn't see no angels. <laughs> y'all go read Ezekiel, and read Ezekiel's description of angels. Four faces, a lion, eagle, man, ox, a wheel within a wheel with eyes. Like, Star Wars ain't got nothing on Angels. The Star Trek aliens ain't got nothing on angels. You tell me you saw an angel and it was just the most beautiful thing. I go, that's awesome. Great. Everybody else ever in the Bible, every time an angel showed up, they would, ah! An angel says, Fear not. It's okay. We're good. We're on your side. We're with you. Angels aren't fat babies if you read in scripture. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm going to tell on my grandma. I love her my grandma growing up I remember going to grandma's house and she had the man the her hutch thing and she had all the angels in there that were the fat babies floating on clouds y'all know what I'm talking about fat little baby angels that's not what angels look like scripturally or biblically just so you know they're quite frightening actually not only that Their stature in the world, whenever the angels show up to them, is not really a good place. They're living under the occupation of a foreign invader. They're shepherds in the field. They're walk. Think about this. I think sometimes we have the picturesque version of Christmas and shepherds in the field. And they're just like there generationally just chilling out, hanging out, having a good old time. And we completely remove them from the brutality of the day where you would walk the road and see people being crucified. Where you've seen friends killed by the Roman Empire, where your family doesn't know from day to day exactly what's gonna happen and how you're gonna make it to tomorrow. This wasn't like some idealistic shepherding that was going on with no problems in their life, with angels said, Hey, fear not. First of all, they told them, Fear not, probably because the angels were freaking people out. <laughs> but secondly, because their situation, was not exactly great whenever the angels show up. They're facing terrifying things every single day. So what did the angels do? They decree joy. Why? Because joy always overcomes fear. Joy always overcomes fear. For believers, we shouldn't be moved by what is going on in the world in fear. I know there's a lot going on. I know there's all kind of things going on every day. And if you turn on the news and you look at it for 3.2 seconds, you're going to hear about something going on that could cause you fear. But you don't need to live in fear. Why? Because you have been given joy. I said this a few weeks ago. It bears repeating. Dad said it for years. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of your circumstance. Joy is not dependent upon what is going on in your life. It's dependent upon the soil that you're planted in. It's what fruit are you allowed to grow in your life. Is it going to be the fruit of fear or the fruit of joy? You show me what's growing on someone's life and I'll show you what soil they're planted in. And you've got to be planted in the soil of joy. You have been called to live your life in joy. But the angels... Don't just say good tidings of joy. They say good tidings of what? Shout it out, what? Great. great joy. Not just a little joy, but good tidings of great joy. Look at somebody tell them, you're called to live in great joy. Come on, look at somebody else tell them, you're called to live in great joy. That word great there, it's the Greek word megos. And it literally means big. The word literally means big. You're called to live in big joy. Not just a little joy. Not just a dabble, do you joy. Not just every once in a while joy. Not occasional joy. Not small joy. But big joy. Listen, you should be the most joyful person everywhere you go. Only place you should have competition is in church. Because you're surrounded by other people full of joy. And listen, I know it's the Christmas season. I know it gets crazy out there. I went to Walmart last night. On the beach. At like 8.30 at night, it just gets worse. You got to pull on some joy in those situations. Am I preaching to anybody today? You can go to Walmart anytime. You got to pull on the joy of the Lord. If you work at Walmart, I love you. Walmart's great. I got to pull on joy whenever I go to Walmart. Especially this time of year, people get crazy out there. You got to have joy. You're called to live in big joy. Jesus came to give you big joy. Let me put it this way. Jesus came to supersize your joy. You remember, when you could, remember when you could go to McDonald's and supersize it? I don't know if you can still do that anymore. I think the health industry put, a, put the end on the supersizing. Actually, I think the documentary did. But you could supersize. Would you like to supersize that? Y'all remember that question? The question today is, do you want to supersize your joy? And the answer should be yes, Absolutely. I'll take a double supersize upgrade of joy today. Even if you're already living in joy, you can always live in a little more joy. How many of you had to face something this year that was different than what you expected to face this year and not in a good way? How many of you faced some circumstances that were, that were adversarial and weren't what you wanted to be facing? You know what you've got to do in those moments? You've got to pull on that mega joy. You gotta pull on that dad already quoted this morning, but the Bible says this that the joy of the Lord is your is your what? Is your what? Is your what? It's your strength. Let me put it this way: sometimes we think of joy as just bubbly, but joy will strengthen you. Joy will give you the ability to fight Whenever you don't feel like you have any fight left in you Joy will cause you to get up Whenever you don't feel like you can get up From being knocked down and say Devil you may have knocked me down But you haven't knocked me out Because the joy of the Lord is my strength The joy of the Lord is going to make me get up And keep going and keep fighting Because you aren't going to get the victory And you aren't going to get the win The W is not going to go on your record in a good way It's going on mine Because Jesus has already said I'm victorious so even in the midst of the battle, though I might get battered a little bit, I can still have joy. Because I know at the end of the day, this fight has been fixed. And it's been fixed in my favor. I've are, Now thanks be to God, who always causes us to triumph. It may not look like it right now, but always means always. Always doesn't mean occasionally. It doesn't mean most of the time. It means always. He always causes you to triumph. Even if you don't feel like it's victory right now, it's going to end in victory. Even if you feel like you've been battered against the ropes, you are still victorious and you are still called to win. I want to real quickly, I'm going to do this real fast. I'm going to get you out of here early today. I want to real quickly give you a couple of reasons on why you should have joy in this season. Number one, your future is secure. We, we think a lot in this season about Jesus, and Jesus in the manger, and baby Jesus, and you got Mary and Joseph, and the uh, shepherds, and the wise men, and how many of you have a, anybody have a nativity set out at your house? Anybody got a nativity set out at your house? I've got, I've got one that I inherited early. Uh, it was my, it was ours whenever we were growing up, the Sears nativity set, if you're around my age in your mid-30s and you had a nativity set in your house, you probably had this nativity set in your house. If it was something that was bought in the, in the, in the mid to late 80s, early 90s in that, in, in that range, that era, and I have that set up at my house and I always gotta put it in a place I know it's not gonna get run over by a kid because I love that nativity set with lily white, blonde hair, blue eyed, very not historically accurate Jesus the most non-historically accurate Jesus you can imagine. (laughs) Y'all know Jesus wasn't white, right? Spoiler alert. He wasn't from America or from England. He was a, a Jew from the Middle East, and that's not white. But my nativity baby Jesus is very white. He's like me white, like translucent white. But we, that's the imagery we see in this season is Jesus in the manger and the nativity. But the reality is that was just the beginning. That wasn't the end. He was going to end at an empty tomb. And because of that empty tomb, your future is secure. But it had to start with, I mean, so we celebrate his advent today. Right in this season, we celebrate that God became flesh and lived among us, that he worked miracles, that he came to break the power of sin and of death forever. So your future is secure because Jesus came. If that doesn't give you joy, there is nothing else in the world that's going to give you joy. If the fact that your future is secure, you can have joy knowing this, your future is not in limbo. Your future is not in limbo. And by the way, let me just say this. Whenever I talk about this, I'm not just talking about eternity, but I'm talking about what you're living in today. Whatever adverse circumstances you might be facing, your future is secure. Even if things aren't going the way you thought they were going to go, your future is secure. And God is going to have the last word. Listen, if you have nothing else in your life to be joyful about, your name is written In the Lamb's book of life, what in the world do we have to be dour about when your name is written down in heaven, whenever your name and your eternity is secure, what in the world do we have to be depressed about? What in the world do we have to wake up and not have joy? If you're waking up and having a bad day, you can wake up and say this, I'm not going to hell. It's a good day. It's a good day. And by the way, a lot of you have a lot more than that to be joyful about. How many of how you many had a roof over your head last night? You can have some joy. How many of you have a job? You can have some joy, even if you don't like your job. At least you have a job. Y'all don't shout me down. man. how many of you married to a beautiful woman? That was... We're going to try that one again because y'all are going to get in trouble when you get home if we don't. Some of y'all already got an elbow in the ribs because you weren't loud enough. Uh, some of those weren't, weren't yes. Yeah, some of those were owls is what I heard. <laughs> Man, how many married to a beautiful woman? Woke up. There we go. That's a little better. That's a... Andy's running over here, man. He's getting real excited. Feels weird even saying this, but ladies, how many of you married to a handsome man? I've looked around the room. Y'all are looking in faith. But I'm, that's right. Paul said he knows a good eye doctor. <laughs> we have reasons to be joyful. How many of you drove to church today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Especially since it's tacky sweater Sunday, and it's 93 degrees outside. <laughs> Tyler Gingrich is over here wearing a shirt that says, "This is my "It's too hot for what's this say? This is, this is my "It's too hot for ugly Christmas sweater shirt." That's perfect. <laughs> That's fantastic. You have something to be joyful about. How many woke up this morning? You have something to be joyful about. But above everything else, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of life. Your future is secure. You should have joy. Next thing is this. God is your provider. You can have joy knowing that he's your provider. No matter what situation you find yourself in, he's more than enough. If you need a miracle, guess what? He's got it. If you need financial provision, guess what? He's got it. If you need joy, guess what? He's got it. If you need peace, guess what? He's got it. And he'll provide whatever it is that you need in the midst of your situation no matter what you need he has the answer and he has the solution last thing is this you have promises that are still to be fulfilled you have promises that are still to be fulfilled the bible is full of promises that god promised that will be brought to fulfillment and above that some of you have prophetic words that are released over your life that have yet to be fulfilled You can have good things. How many of you have a couple good words you haven't seen become reality yet? Come on. You can have joy in an expectation because God's going to do it. It's on the way. It's coming. You may not see it yet, but it's on the way. You 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 ever been really excited about a package that's coming in and you check that UPS tracking like 47 times? You, you can be excited about the Word. And how, how many I've had this happen before, really excited about a package and it tells me it's going to be delivered on a certain day and then it gets delayed by like three weeks? <clears throat> That's frustrating when that happens. But you know what? It shows up. And even if you feel like your promise has been delayed, even if you feel like the Word has been delayed, the good news is this, God is more faithful than the mailman. God is more faithful than UPS or FedEx or the USPS, or, even though they're great. We've got people in the church who work for them, all of those. But the reality is this. God's even, he's not going to lose the package that he's promised you. It's going to be delivered to your house, to your door. And he's going to do exactly what he said he was going to do. You can have joy because your promise is going to be fulfilled. What God has promised you and what he's promised your life and your children and your grandchildren, it will be delivered in your life now I want to say this real quick a lot of times what the enemy will try to do is to get you off course of looking at those things and get you looking at something else he will get you to look at your now rather than where you're going he'll get you to look at the deficiencies rather than the promise and you cannot look at the deficiency you have to keep your eyes on the promise you can't look at where it's not hitting the mark you have to know that it's going to hit the mark You have to know that what God has promised is going to come to fruition. Look, we all have things that we wished would have happened by now. Can we just be real? We all have words that we wished would have happened by now. That's okay. Don't allow the enemy to get in your ear and tell you that's not from God because you haven't seen it yet. God's still working, He's still moving. We sing the song Waymaker. Even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're still working. And that's one of the greatest declarations we can make. Because there's a lot of times where you don't feel like having joy in the midst of it. And you know what? God's still working. And you need to have joy in the midst of every situation, in the midst of every circumstance. Listen, in this Christmas season, I want you to allow yourself to have joy like you've never had before. In this Christmas season, I want you to live in joy like you've never had before. I don't want you to be the Grinch this Christmas season who's looking to spoil everybody else's fun. For for far too long, Christians have tried to steal Christmas. Come on, somebody. And they've tried to steal the joy out of it. Don't let the joy be stolen out of Christmas in this season. You need to live in joy. It's okay to wear a tacky sweater and have some fun as a family. Listen, church is nothing if not a... And we're gonna worship together, but we're also gonna laugh together, and we're gonna have fun together. Come on, somebody! And we're gonna make fun of Pastor Paul's outfit together. He knows I love him. I'm not borrowing your red pants. I appreciate it, Paul. <laughs> we're gonna have joy in this Christmas season. And listen, I now I want to. I'm gonna. I know the holiday season can be difficult for different people for different reasons, different circumstances that are going on. But don't allow your circumstances and whatever you're facing to steal joy that God has for you. Come on, somebody. Because no matter what you're going through, you can still have joy. You can still live in joy because that's what God has promised you. That's what he made the way for. Don't leave that present underneath the tree. He has joy for you. Go ahead and stand up to your feet. Don't leave that present underneath the tree and don't receive the joy He has for you. Unwrap it. Get to the heart of what this is about and Christmas is about joy. Will you lift your hands to heaven this morning? I just want you to pray with me to say Father God, come on pray with me say Father God, I thank you today for joy. I thank you today that you have made a way for us to live in joy and not just a little joy but mega joy mega joy mega joy big joy is what you have for me and in this season i'm gonna live in joy like i never have before i confess that the joy of the lord is my strength that the joy of the lord Is my strength, and I'm gonna live in joy like I never have before, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, to you, Lord, a hand of praise. You give Him a shout this morning.